0: It's good to see you this morning. If you're joining us online, I want to welcome you as well. My name is Lonnie. Oh, yay, it worked for me too. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, if you haven't met yet, my name's Lonnie. And if you haven't met, I would like to get to know you. So please introduce yourself to me at some point. So I'd love to get a chance to know you. I'm just glad that we could come together this morning because we have an exciting morning. As you probably noticed, we have the baptismal out here this morning because we have the opportunity at the end of the service to celebrate with some of our church family who will be baptized this morning. And so it's going to be a special day. I remember the, the day when me and my household got baptized. It was a special time. I get it. I feel that way sometimes, too, so I understand that. I do. So, <laughs> But it was a special day when my family and I got baptized, and so I'm excited to celebrate with those this morning who are being baptized as well. And so it's going to be a special time. But first, we learn more about Saul of Tarsus, who we now call the Apostle Paul. Or Last weekend, another Paul, our own Pastor Paul, shared about the Apostle Paul being sent by God, along with Barnabas, on their first missionary journey. We grow when we go, because we have a God who sends. Do you remember that? We grow when we go because we have a God who sends. Pastor Paul mentioned that last weekend because as Christians, we are all sent. And today we see how the Holy Spirit continues to speak to the Apostle Paul and how he listens and responds by going where the Holy Spirit sends him. So have any of you heard of Jamie Winship before? Has anyone heard of Jamie Winship? I don't see too many hands, but Jamie's just an everyday guy. He's a former Metro D.C. area police officer who spent decades living and working in highly Muslim areas of the world where he taught people how to hear from God and how to live in their God-given identity. But he's also an excellent storyteller, much like Jesus. And in Jamie's book, that's called Living Fearless, he tells a story about a student of his whom he named Salim. And Salim needed a driver's license to get a job. He needed the driver's license to get a job so that he could help provide for his parents whose health was failing at the time. And unfortunately, though, Salim had been unable to get a government-issued driver's license, and he just thought it was impossible. And he mentioned to Jamie, he says, I've tried three times, but every time I wait in line for hours. And if they call my name, they just reject my application because of my ethnicity. And so Jamie encouraged him to ask God for wisdom. And Salim's response was, does God know how to get a driver's license from a corrupt government? (laughs) And he said, plus, even if I get to take the test, I don't have much experience driving. And can God give me real-time driving instructions? Or does God just do religious stuff? That was Salim's response. And we may have the same line of thinking at times that God only helps us with, religious issues, and not our Monday through Friday, day in and day out grind of living in this fallen world. And so do you, like Salim, struggle to experience God speaking and moving in your life? I know I can relate at times. And we all struggle to accurately and obediently hear God's voice and direction. And sometimes God may seem silent, and we're confused about what God wants us to specifically do, Maybe there's not that lightning bolt that comes out of the sky, or that burning bush moment that we know exactly what God wants us to do, or that bulletin board sign, or even God's audible voice yelling at us from heaven, telling us precisely what to do. But yet when we are in continual conversation with God and we're dwelling in his word, we can hear from God. While living in a state of unforgiveness and anger, that may keep us from hearing God. Or we may be hearing from God, but we don't like what we're hearing. (laughs) Right? Can you relate to that? What kind of motives do we ask with? Our focus may be more on what do I want to hear instead of what God is truly revealing to me. Or we may hear God, but we don't respond. We may know exactly what we're supposed to do, but we just don't do it. And if we remain stuck in our cycle of fear Guilt and shame, were paralyzed like a deer in headlights. And we sideline ourselves and we miss being involved in God's kingdom ways. But when we are in continual conversation in relationship with God, we more easily hear his voice. And when we ask God what he wants us to know or do, it may not be what we think it will be or what we want it to be. Yet God will reveal his purpose that he has for each of us if we're willing to humbly submit to his will and not our own, by walking in the direction that he is leading. His kingdom come, my kingdom go. God's will be done, not my own will. And so as God is on the move and he does speak to us, are we attentive to the Holy Spirit in his voice and direction? Well, let's go to God's word this morning. And let's see how the Lord spoke to and guided the Apostle Paul as he started his second missionary journey. And if you brought your Bibles with you, if you please grab them. If you didn't, we do have Bibles in the bottom of the seats in front of you. We'll also have this on the screen. But please grab your Bible and turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And when you find Acts, turn to chapter 16, if you would. And while you're doing that, Please stand with me, please, in honor and reverence to God's word. we will be in Acts chapter 16. And just listen closely as I read verses 6 through 15. It says, Paul and his companions traveled, traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been cut by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And from Troas, we put out to sea, and we sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day, we went on to Neapolis, and from there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. And on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. And we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. And one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your word and how your word teaches us and can transform us. Your word is a lamp onto our feet and a light onto our path. So we are grateful for your word that is living and active. And God, I pray that you just speak to us this morning very clearly. Everyone listening today, including myself, Lord, we want to hear from you. Reveal to, us, reveal to us what you want us to know, what you want us to do, because we know that you are on the move, God, and it is a privilege to be on journey with you. And so lead us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So in this passage, you can see that there are many different people as well as different places, and it's a tough one to pronounce at times. And so (laughs) there's a lot of different places that are referred to in this passage. And we also see the Holy Spirit actively at work throughout this whole passage, So let's start first by just gaining an understanding of Paul and his companions. Who are these companions that are with Paul? Well, after the first missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas eventually separate. And Silas now joins Paul on this second missionary journey. And here is a map of the full second missionary journey. I'm not expecting you to memorize this. This is a lot here. And we're only going to be talking about a part of that. But at least this gives you an idea of the second missionary journey. And Timothy eventually joins this team of companions in Lystra. And then the three of them, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, travel from town to town, or they meet with the churches, and the churches are strengthened in their faith, and they grew daily in numbers. And in Acts 16, verses 6 to 8, we read about how the Lord directs the steps of Paul and Silas and Timothy, just as the Lord directs our steps today. In verse 6 it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Here we notice the Lord's direction and intervention, where the Holy Spirit guides them where he wants them to preach. And although we're not exactly sure how the Holy Spirit intervenes here, we know that he keeps them from going south into Asia, but he moves them into new territory instead. And the missionaries are directed to go through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. And here's a close-up picture of that map that I just showed. And hopefully you can see where Phrygia and Galatia are at. Because the area called Phrygia lies partly in the Roman province of Asia and also partly in the province of Galatia. And most believe that the region of Phrygia and Galatia that's referred to here is actually just one region, not two, with it being the area of Phrygia within the southern part of that region of Galatia. And the Holy Spirit keeps the missionaries from preaching God's word in Asia. Again, we don't know why or how he prevents them. We just know that the Holy Spirit is the one that's providing direction. And in verse 7, it says, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. And so they passed by Mysia and they went down to Troas. Since the missionaries were kept from going south into Asia they, now, Asia, they now head northwest towards Mysia. And then once they hit Mysia, the spirit of Jesus does not allow them to go further north into Bithynia, where they attend, intended to go. And this is the only time that the Holy Spirit is referred to in scripture as the spirit of, of Jesus. But it's appropriate because earlier in Acts, Peter says that Jesus had poured out the Holy Spirit upon the disciples. And so the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus that is referred to here, who didn't allow Paul and his companions to enter Bithynia, is the exact same Holy Spirit who kept them from going into Asia. And instead, they passed through Mysia and they turned west to go to Troas. Troas is an important seaport that's serving as a strategic place between Asia Minor and Europe. We see God at work here, don't we? We see God intervening and in providing direction because God is the one that's on the move. And Paul may have had plans on where he thought he would go on this mission, but it's the Lord who directs his steps where the Lord wants him to go. It makes me think of Proverbs 16.9. It says, in their hearts, humans, us, plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And while it may be right for us to make plans, we want to be open to God changing those plans according to what he wants. And as a planner and a goal setter, I really struggle with this. (laughs) Anyone with me? Any other planners and goal setters out there? At the start of every new year, I sit down and I pray and I write out goals for this next year in different categories. My family oftentimes laughs at me because I spend a lot of time writing out these goals that I have for the year. And although there may be nothing wrong with that, and there may be some wisdom actually in doing that, at least I think, it's a problem if I'm making these goals and developing them without the direction of the Holy Spirit, seeking his guidance in prayer, or if I'm unwilling to shift If the Lord directs my steps to something else, or if there's fear, fear of following God to new areas that may paralyze me. And so my word of the year for 2024 is abide. This is another thing I do. I pray about a word of the year, and I don't know, does anyone else do that? (laughs) Some people do. it. I know my family does, extended family. My community group has done that before, but yeah, I pray about a word of the year every year, and the Holy Spirit's made it clear to me through prayer and scripture that my word this year is abide, which means to remain or continue. We're abiding in Christ as having a continual, close, intimate relationship with him. Jesus says in John fifteen four, he says, abide in me and I in you, because as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Because when we take our eyes off Jesus and we begin to focus only on ourselves or we believe lies, we are no longer abiding. And fear, guilt, and shame become these false identities that can keep us from fully knowing God and living the life that God wants us to lead. God wants to continuously enter the conversation, so will we let him? Will we let him? What may be holding us back from hearing God or submitting to His will? Well, remember Salim that we talked about earlier. Salim was wondering if God can even help him get a driver's license, and so Jamie Winship challenged him just to pray, just to pray and ask God what God wanted him to know about getting a driver's license. To take the time just to listen, and then to write down whatever he was hearing. And in doing so, the first words that Salim heard were, I'm afraid, I'm a failure, I'm a disappointment. Salim realized that he had been believing lies, lies from his own flesh, from the world, from Satan, and believing such false views of ourselves and lies about God can diminish our capacity to hear and to respond to God. And Salim went on to confess that his identity as a failure and disappointment came from him performing poorly at the university. And through prayer and through reading scripture, the Holy Spirit brought to light these deep fears and insecurities in Salim's heart. And he spent time each day in prayer, asking God to lift the false identity from him and to speak to him about his true identity. What lies are we believing? I think it's important right now just to take some time to pray. For each one of us right now, just to take some time to pray about this. In Isaiah 28, 23, it says, listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. So I just ask you now just to bow your head with me if you would. Maybe close your eyes. Just get into a posture of prayer. And ask God to reveal any lies that we may be believing about ourselves or God. And to confess those lies and to ask God what he says. And then to release those lies and exchange them with God's truth as we let the Lord direct our steps. And while you pray, you might want to write on the line in the bulletin. I have a line on there about what the Holy Spirit is asking you to release and to exchange for his truth. Let's just take some time to pray right now. Lord, I pray that you just speak to each one of our hearts in this room this morning, those listening online, God. Reveal to us what some of those lies may be that we are believing, that are holding us back from truly hearing from you and submitting to your will. God, maybe some of us in the room today feel unworthy. So I pray that you remind us that we are accepted and valued by you, Jesus. We were made in your image. Maybe some of us believe that we're inadequate. Remind us of your truth. Lord, that Holy Spirit, you equip us. We can do all things through you who gives us strength. Or maybe some of us are believing the lie right now that we are unlovable. Remind us of your truth. That Father, we are your beloved sons and daughters. Exchange those lies for your truth, God, and continue to work on our hearts as you continue to direct our steps. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if God spoke to your heart, revealed some of those lies that you may believe in, and the need to exchange that for his truth, I'd encourage you to write that on the line in the bulletin and to pray through that this week. But here in the passage, we see the Holy Spirit intervening to prevent Paul and his companions from going south as well as from going north, and they obeyed. But how do they know where they're supposed to go? Well, it brings us to verse 9 and 10, where it says, During the night, Paul had a vision. Of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So we see here that the Lord spoke to Paul through a vision. And a vision is a revelation. And throughout the Bible, we read about God divinely communicating information to people through visions where the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, telling him that his offspring would number the stars in the sky. And Isaiah received a vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And the Lord called the Ananias in a vision to go to Paul after Paul had previously seen a vision. And now Paul receives another vision of a man of Macedonia, begging him to come over to Macedonia and to help him. The Lord speaks to us, in many different ways, to communicate his will. And we read about that all throughout scripture. It could be through miraculous means, such as visions and dreams, what we see here. It can be through God's audible voice, or through God speaking through other people, or God speaking through our own thoughts and feelings from his still, small voice, that check in our inner spirit. It could be through circumstances that the Lord places us in. And we especially experience the Lord speaking to us through reading the Bible, as well as during times of prayer. And in this case, Paul saw this vision, and the group concluded together that it was from God, which demonstrates the importance of community and listening to God, where we can listen to God in community with other like-minded people, discerning God's voice in his direction. We see the word we here says, we concluded that God had called us to preach the gospel in Macedonia, which again shows that they were listening to God in community. But this is also the first time that we see the pronoun we, as Paul and his companions were previously addressed as they. Therefore, Luke, who is the author of Acts, has now joined the missionary party. Now we have Paul, party of four. Not just three, right? (laughs) We have Paul, party of four. But it does show that importance of community. And so I ask, are we listening to God in community? It is important for us to be in community. I know when Rachel and I felt the Lord calling us into ministry, we were grateful for the people who prayed with us. Because we sought to clearly hear God's voice and to hear it in community, and we continue to do so today as the Holy Spirit continues to speak to us. And we are thankful for community, and we recognize the need to listen to God in community. And so after discerning God's call here, what do we see Paul, Silas, Timothy, and now Luke do? How do they respond? It says they got ready to leave at once. When we sense that God has spoken to us and we've concluded that it is his voice, we eagerly and quickly respond in faith. And that is what these missionaries did. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Just do it. And the Holy Spirit is sending Paul and his companions now into Europe. Because Macedonia was a region in present-day northern Greece and this is a critical moment in history where the gospel goes to Europe and that fulfills what Jesus was talking about in acts 1:8 when he says but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth the holy spirit is taking them to the ends of the earth and i'm excited to say here at faith e we continue to want to see the gospel Go to the ends of the earth. And we have an opportunity next weekend to participate in an Experience Missions event. It'll be right after our second service next weekend, February 4th, where we're going to experience global missions. There'll be some food, there'll be some fun, as well as some fellowship as we learn about what God is doing in the world through our four global partners that we partner with here at Faithy. E. Our global partners in Kenya and Uganda and South Africa and Bolivia and Honduras. I've been praying for my friend Heather over the past few weeks as she's been in South Africa right now with Hope of Africa, and she'll be back next week to participate in experience missions with others. So I would encourage you to come to learn about how God is sending individuals to the end of the earth to preach his word and his gospel. And so how do we see the Holy Spirit continuing to move on this missionary journey with Paul and his companions now into Europe? Well, we continue to see the Holy Spirit open hearts. God had previously transformed Paul's heart on the road to Damascus when he filled Paul with the Holy Spirit and he opened his eyes. And now over 15 years later, this is over 15 years after that time, the Lord is opening other people's hearts to hear the message that he is speaking through Paul. Specifically a woman named Lydia residing in Philippi. Verse eleven through twelve says, From Troas we put out to sea, and we sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day we went on to Neapolis, and from there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. So hopefully you can kind of track where they're at here on this missionary journey where the missionaries now leave Troas on a 130-mile journey to Philippi. And their first stop was Samothrace, which is an island in the Aegean Sea. And then the next day, they went on to Neapolis, which is the port city for Philippi. And Paul and his companions then traveled 10 miles inland on the famous Roman road called the Ignatian Way to reach Philippi. And Philippi was an important city in the Macedonian region with many Roman influences. It was the site of a key military victory by Augustus Caesar. And as a result, it was declared a Roman colony with all of the benefits that come with that designation. And many veteran Roman soldiers settled there. And we're going to learn more about Philippi in the future as we walk through and study together the letter to the Church of Philippians. And in verse 13, it says, On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. And we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. Now, Paul, when he went on these missionary journeys on his different stops, he usually would stop at a synagogue. But there was not a Jewish synagogue in Philippi, where Jewish custom required at least 10 Jewish men in order to form a synagogue. And also Roman authorities didn't allow any unrecognized religious groups to gather within the city limits. And so Paul and his companions go outside the city gate where women are gathered at a place of prayer. And this is where we see the first convert in Europe, a Gentile woman worshiping with other women by the river. I love how Paul never allowed gender or cultural boundaries to keep him from preaching the good news much like Jesus. And we read in verse 14, it says, one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. And she was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. So Lydia, Lydia was a woman from Thyatira, which is a town in Asia Minor in the Greek Hellenistic district of Lydia. Interesting, huh? The town's called Lydia and that's her name. And this district of Lydia was famous for its purple cloth. And this woman was a dealer of purple cloth. So Lydia was a businesswoman of likely wealthy means. And she's also a Gentile woman who worshiped the Jewish God. And she is gathered with these other women at a place of prayer outside the city of Philippi. And the Lord opened Lydia's heart to respond to Paul's message Ah, what a great reminder that it is not about the messenger, but it's about the message. It's not about the preacher, thank goodness. (laughs) It's about the Holy Spirit opening hearts to hear the message and to respond. Now, don't get me wrong here, though. This doesn't lessen the responsibility to speak the message that God gives us, nor does it lessen the responsibility of the hearer of the message to repent and believe. Because Paul was obedient to share the good news about Jesus. But God is the ultimate evangelist. And he's the one who opens hearts to hear the message. And we also read about Lydia responding to the good news about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit opened her heart so that she could understand and accept it. And then Lydia's conversion was followed by her baptism and offer of hospitality. Lydia's baptism was the outward expression of the salvation that she received through her belief in Jesus. And then the members of her household were also baptized, which could include her children and household servants. And the authenticity of her faith is also demonstrated through her eagerness to show hospitality to these missionaries. And she invites them into her home. And Lydia's house becomes the place where the church of Philippi meets, as we will learn about more Next week, so we invite you to make sure you come back. But what a great example of the importance of the role of women in the church and in God's kingdom. And it reminds me of Faithy and the story of Bernice Kelty. In 1968, a group of people met in the home of Bernice Kelty. And here's that home. If this is your home, I apologize if I'm showing it publicly, but this is the home of Bernice Kelty at that time. And the 13 people who met there spent time dedicated to prayer and seeking the Lord's direction because the Holy Spirit had opened their hearts to start a Christ-centered, Bible-believing church. And now, over 55 years later, here we are at Faith E. Church. Faith E. Church originated in a woman's home like Lydia in the church in Philippi. And God has been on the move. And the Holy Spirit continues directing our steps and speaks to us and open our hearts to his will in his way. So what is God opening your heart toward this morning? How is he moving in your life? Well, remember, Salim, let's go back to that story. Salim ended up asking God for wisdom And he said, whatever you say, Lord, I will listen and respond. And soon after, he wrote in his journal what the Holy Spirit was speaking to him, which was, don't be afraid. Go stand in line at that licensing office because I am is with you. And so he did. And this time, instead of the officer rejecting his application, he ordered Salim to enter the vehicle for the driving test. Now, remember, Salim doesn't have experience driving. He was scared of that. But he sensed the Holy Spirit's presence and he relaxed while driving. And then he saw a cat. <laughs> he saw a cat that looked like it was struck by a car. And he felt the Holy Spirit telling him to stop and to help this cat. And after an initial reluctance, he said to the officer, Um, Sir, I believe God wants us to go back and help that injured cat. And so they did. And then not sure how best to pick up this cat, Salim even asked the officer, um, sir, can we scoop up the cat in your hat? <laughs> he says, I'll clean it for you later because my cousin works in a laundromat. You see, many of my people actually work in a laundromat because without licenses, we cannot get other jobs. And with the cat scooped up in the policeman's hat, the officer told Salim, drive as fast as you can and disregard any traffic signals because this is an emergency. <laughs> and so he did. And they got to the vet, and when the vet came out later, announced that the cat would live another day. Salim and the officer hugged. And when they got back to the licensing office, the officer said, "Salim, you are a fine driver, and I am happy to issue you a license. Congratulations." And six years later, when Salim graduated with high honors from a university, he addressed some young Muslim students, and he pulled out his driver's license. And he said, I'd like to tell you a story. I'd like to tell you the story of the true Messiah who, when you ask him to obtain a license from a corrupt government, will not only help you drive, but he'll also save a cat and cause you to love your enemy. (laughs) Oh, I love that story. (laughs) But in closing, we may struggle to hear God's voice, right? Yet we know that the Lord is the one that we rely on to truly direct our steps. And God speaks to us in various ways when we take the time to listen and to reject the lies of all those other voices that try to come through. And as we spend time with God and we surrender to Christ continually, he opens our hearts to hear his message. And so how will we respond to God's message to us? Hopefully we'll do like Paul and his companions and get ready at once to go. And so how is God moving in your life? What are your next steps? Because God is on the move and he has a mission field for us all. And I pray that each day you spend time in prayer and throughout the day, we're gonna take some time even right now to ask God, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? And as you hear from the Lord, I encourage you to journal, to write down what you're hearing from God and then to respond at once to listen and go. So we're going to take some time right now to pray. And I encourage you just to open your hearts to the Lord. Ask him to open your heart to hear the message that he wants to speak to you. What does he want you to know? What does he want you to do? And write down, there's a line in your your bulletin, which says, what is God asking me to do? If you hear from the Lord this morning, I'd encourage you to write that down. Let's take some time right now just to pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We thank you for making your presence known to us, Lord. We pray that you continue to speak to our hearts each and every day, continually throughout the day. Show us what you want us to know about who you've created us to be and who you are. And remind us what you want us to do. And Holy Spirit, equip us and give us the, the courage to go where you lead us. Even if it seems scary. Knowing that I am is with us. We Thank you, Lord. For directing our steps. For speaking to us. And for opening up our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, the next step that the Lord has placed on some of the hearts of our church family is to be baptized, like Lydia and her household. And so we get the opportunity to celebrate today how the Lord has opened their hearts and is on the move in their lives. And so I want to invite Pastor Paul, Pastor Nolan, as well as all of those who are going to be baptized this morning and anyone else you want to come up with you, go ahead and feel free to, to come up.
1: All right. What a cool opportunity. Thanks, Lonnie, for the message this morning. Good job, my brother. Appreciate you. What a cool opportunity. We get to celebrate this morning. Uh, we actually have 10 people getting baptized today four this morning. And so this is a really, it's an important step. What we have taking place, why don't you guys go ahead and just kind of move right here in the middle, if you would. Pastor uh, Nolan will kind of guide you a little bit. They want to make a public proclamation, it's really an external expression of an internal reality, and they want to tell the world, they want to tell the church that they are followers of Jesus, and really, uh, they're, they're, they're saying that they have died to the old way of living, to the things that they used to do, and they've been raised to new life in Christ. And so as they come up out of the water, we know what to do here at Faith E. Church, Right? We celebrate like it's 1999, because what's taking place here is eternally more important than anything else, any other game that's going to be on TV today. So let's make sure that we celebrate uh, like we know how to here at Faith E. Church. And so after Pastor Nolan goes through these questions, then I'm going to have you guys one by one go in the baptismal. You're going to have a short video, and then we'll baptize you. So Pastor Nolan, you've got a few questions for these guys this morning.
2: Awesome. Well, we're excited to celebrate with you today. First question I have is, do you acknowledge and profess the Christian faith as taught in the Holy Scriptures? If so, answer, I do. I do. Do you repent from your sin and do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? If so, answer, I do. I do. And are you determined by the grace of God to live out the Christian life? If so, answer, I am. I am. And will you be baptized today by the faith to which you now have confessed? If so, answer, I will. I will. Awesome. We're excited for you. We're gonna start over here with Lila, and then we're gonna have Olivia. So come on over here, Lila.
3: When I was four, I asked my mom some questions about God, and then me and my mom prayed, and I asked Jesus into my heart. When I was at the True Girl event, um, they were talking about God, and I knew my next step of obedience would be to get baptized. And and show people I love God.
2: Lila, I'm excited today to get the opportunity to baptize you to celebrate in this very special day. I have a verse for you that I want to share. It comes out of Psalms 139, verse 14. It says, "I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full and well." All right, Lila, I am excited to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
3: chose to follow Jesus, I um, was about five or six years old, and it was in my room, and I felt like I would feel something, but I haven't felt anything up to now. But I know that Jesus is in my heart. I don't have to ask him again. He's in there. I want to be baptized because it seems like Jesus is calling me to um uh be baptized to do this and i just i want to show everyone that i will follow his directions
2: it's a cool moment here sean's gonna get to baptize his daughter olivia and we're excited to celebrate olivia and this special day for you and i also have a verse for you today it comes out of ephesians chapter 210 it says this for we are god's masterpiece created in Christ a new created for us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. So Olivia, we'll baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
3: What's happened in my life recently that is that I just had a lot of spiritual warfares, and it's just been making me realize I need to come closer to God. And I've just seen the change in me from before to now. And it just makes me see that He changed me for the better. And I just want to keep gearing towards that and not fall back. I want to be baptized because it shows that I fully dedicate my life to God and that He's my Savior. And it just means a lot to me to just let him know that. I'm giving it all to him.
1: So, Jessica, I have a verse for you today. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. It is a privilege as my sister in Christ to now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
4: I've known Christ my whole life, and the past couple of years, I've been really wanting to get back with him, and make it make my relationship with him stronger. I want to get baptized today because the past little while, um, it's been fairly difficult for me, like re- pretty difficult for me, and everything that's going on in the world. Also, you know, and all the faith that's really been starting to come back to me. It's it's time with it's time for me to come back to Christ.
1: Quinn. I've got a verse for you, my brother. It says this, Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want you to remember that. Quinn, as my brother in Christ, it is a privilege to now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: We have a video here for Carter today.
3: When I learned that Jesus died for everyone from their sins and also saved me, I want to show people that I'm following Jesus and I gave him my I gave my life to him.
2: Carter, it's been a joy to get to see you grow so much over the last year, and I have a verse here for you that I want to give to you. So when I want you to remember all the days of your life. It's from Joshua 1.9. It says, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. All right, Carter, on your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hannah has a special privilege here to be baptized by her father excited to celebrate with you guys. So Hannah, have a seat there and let's watch your video.
3: I was doing my school and my mom called me into her room. We sat on the bed together and she asked me if I knew the date of when I had given my life to Jesus. I said that I had asked Jesus into my heart every time I go in time. And she said, do you want to officially ask him right now for the last time? And I said, yes. I want to be baptized because uh, I want to show uh, Jesus in the world that I follow. (laughs) And yeah.
2: That's awesome. Hannah, you shared with me today one of your favorite passages is out of Psalms 23. So I'm going to read a part of it today for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Hannah, we baptize you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
4: I was raised in the church uh, until I was I was about twenty years old. I spent a lot of time, almost twenty something years, of not wanting anything to do with the church saying many bad things about Christians and God. Get up to the time of COVID, and all the chaos that has ensued since COVID, it just opened my eyes. And I believe that God has something planned for for uh, humans, for us, I, I, and and probably more on fire for, for the Lord now than I ever was as a Christian, as a, someone that grew up in the church. And so that's, uh, that's where I am now. I, I, I just love the Lord. I wanna do whatever pleases Him and nothing else. I feel the Holy Spirit has impressed it upon my heart to become baptized uh, probably for several months now. And in obedience to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus, I, I want to become baptized and let everyone know publicly that I, uh, you know, am a follower of Christ. Yeah.
1: Good job, man. All right. It's my privilege, Dustin. Why don't you pinch your nose there? There you go. To now baptize you as my brother in Christ in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
3: I first committed when, like, my mom got baptized, and I was only five back then. But I was like, yay, Jesus is so awesome, and I love him so much. And then as I got older, it started to, uh, like, go away slightly, um, just a little bit at at a time. And so I started, like, not wanting to go to church because it would be boring And so, I was at a summer camp, and the pastor asked us to stand if they wanted, or if you wanted to have Jesus in your life, and I thought I had already had Jesus in my life, so I didn't stand, but I knew that I needed to recommit Jesus to my life, and so I went home and told my parents, and I told them that I wanted to be baptized.
1: All right, Tristan as our sister in Christ. It is our privilege to now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Let's celebrate again. As we go today, let's remember that it's the Lord who directs our steps. And so let's be attentive to hearing him speak into our lives because the Holy Spirit opens our hearts to respond to the mission that he has for each of us. And I so look forward to hearing your stories. And so now as we come to a close, I say go in the power of the Holy Spirit as his witnesses where he has positioned us to the ends of the earth, to him be glory and honor forever. I love you all. Have a great week.